0: Right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Elio, he's Ben. This is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Ben, how's it going?
1: Not bad man, not bad. We have a a somewhat condensed show for you this evening, or or at least I thought so before Elio informed me that he has uh, a new list courtesy of his online friend and who is becoming my online nemesis rivaling that of Braun Strowman the list king because the last time we had a uh, we had a list from this gentleman I damn near had a coronary live on the show yes. and uh, I've, been, I've been warned that I might end up going on a rant or two before well, the that, no, that,
0: that, no, that, that's for the other that's for the other thing but yeah you might go on a rant for this one as well um So we have NXT UK, AEW, SmackDown, Dark Side of the Ring, and uh, the top, hold on, the top 45 worst factions in wrestling history, as well as we're going to take a look at the 10 highest paid AEW wrestlers. This is a list I warned you about that you might go on a rant about.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the one that's going to get me uh,
0: hot under the
1: collar, I can guarantee you. (laughs)
0: All right, so let's uh, get. This on the way. Well, well, first of all, how was your week? My week was, was quite
1: good, actually. Um, you know, it was much it was much slower, um, but uh, nothing to complain about because we had a, a massive uptick in uh, uh, listenership over a one day period. We uh, and what
0: day was that?
1: Um, I that was. Two days ago, so
0: Thursday. Thursday, okay, very good. Right
1: now, we, um, yeah, we had over a hundred new listeners on Thursday.
0: Now I told you off the air that last night I sat down and watched a movie I had never seen before because growing up I spent more time in the hospital than at home, and uh, that being Fast Times at Richmond High. So I finally, I I had on the computer, I finally got got to sit down and watch it.
1: And what did you think?
0: First of all, the girls in that movie, uh-huh, uh-huh, yummy. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. The movie itself, I found absolutely boring. There was no story. I just don't get it. It's, it. It was like watching Caddyshack again. That movie had no story. It was all over the place.
1: Yeah, well, I, I kind of agree with you, so...
0: So, yeah, that's how uh, Fast Times Bridge run high, which, for me, I wasn't too impressed, except for uh, what I just said a few seconds ago. Yes,
1: yeah, so my only follow-up question to that is, does the Yummy level uh, rival that of Mandy Rose?
0: Well, no, I think uh, we can uh, add them to Team Yummy. <laughs> oh god, see see now now we have our own faction of sorts. <laughs> see that it goes with the list that we were gonna go over later on. Exactly, see. All right, so um, we see we get into the show. Absolutely. Starting with A E W. All right, oh first of all, um um you, yeah, I heard that um, the, the is going back on the road on July 16th, so that'll be fun. Oh, thank God! That should be fun.
1: Where the Thunderdome goes to die, I cannot wait.
0: So they, they will be their first show back will be July 16th at the Toyota Center. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, that's in uh, Houston, Texas. I, I am yep. I am so excited. I cannot begin to tell you. You know what, the, I, I was
0: these, at, sorry, go on. These
1: uh, pandemic era shows have had no life whatsoever, none.
0: I've said, I was uh, telling my friend my friend on my other show this, uh, this is why, no, I think it was so new, this is why wage is going down, because they're still doing no crowds.
1: Yeah, well, so is Impact. I mean, a lot of places.
0: Impact. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want to try. I'm supposed to be watching that for my other podcast. I just can't do it. I can't. I just, no. Like, ugh, ugh, just stop. Okay.
1: Clearly, clearly I've set off a dynamite reaction. <laughs> For my co-host, I didn't, realize, I didn't realize I was stepping on
0: a landmine when I mentioned Impact. <laughs> okay, so here we go with the AEW. So we had our first match, our opening match. This was not a bad match, but it kind of felt flat for me. This was Christian Cage defeating Matt Seidel.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, I, I like the fact that Christian gets to end his career on his terms um but i um i i don't li- i don't like it in the respect that now we now we're getting him seemingly against anybody for no particular reason
0: like well, well he's trying to show that he can he's can outwork everyone so which I think yeah. is kind of weird. I, I don't know where they came up with that gimmick thing. I don't know. I don't, yeah,
1: I don't, well, I don't, I don't know about working people at forty-seven, but that you know, but but to, that's not saying anything against Christian. I'm just saying, father time has a way of working against you at that at that particular mm-hmm. age in this industry. But to his credit, he looks fantastic.
0: Yes, you know. Then we had um. Okay. I hope this is a graphic that someone put together because they had a on Instagram, I saw this on Instagram, a graphic of John Moxley and Eddie Kingston behind a logo that said the wild things.
1: Yeah, well, because, um, because of the fact that um, I, I could be wrong, but I think... Um wild thing is John Moxley's the theme in No 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 I, I mean, know I, I
0: know that I'm saying I hope this is a joke that they're not actually gonna call them the wild things.
1: Well if they do then I'm then I'm gonna have to launch a protest.
0: That's that's why I'm like, I hope that P was a joke. Yeah, let's let's, now,
1: let's let's not do that.
0: No, okay no, is it, me, is it just me? Or is it kind of weird hearing the they come out to wild thing, though? Yeah, yeah,
1: it, it definitely is. Like, okay,
0: but so here they defeated the acclaimed, which who, I, who I'm a fan of. I like the acclaimed. Uh, when I when I first saw them, I wasn't into it, but uh, yeah, they, these guys grew on me with their whole uh, rapping, and they're just funny.
1: Yeah, yeah, they definitely are.
0: Then we had for the AEW uh, Women's Championship, Hikaru Shida defeating Rebel. Don't call her Reba. Well, that was that
1: wasn't even a match.
0: I, I don't no, know. That was a squash.
1: I don't know what they're doing with with this women's division. You know, there are some weeks where I feel like they're really picking it up mm-hmm. and doing what they're supposed to do with it but then they're doing this type of shit, and I just, I don't get it. I, I really don't.
0: Next we had... For the NWA Women's Championship, Serena Deeb defeating Red Velvet. I enjoyed this match a little more, a lot more than the first one.
1: Absolutely. You know, um, Serena Deeb um, is... Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, well, yes, but but uh, in all seriousness, yeah, no, I, did, I didn't realize she was that that good until she got to AEW. Which how she flew under my radar for so long, I'll never be able to figure out. Because well,
0: on. I do remember she was a straight, part of the straight society. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, but they, she was. They, yeah, but they never gave her anything though.
1: Yeah, but she did. She, I don't think she wrestled really.
0: Um, no, she was just in the background.
1: Yeah, but I mean, how they let her slip away out of WWE? I, I think she had um, an incident involving some alcohol um, that got her fired. But, but um, wait, we wait,
0: was. Wait, wait, so- did they write that into the story? As that video that Punk showed, where she was out having a drink.
1: I think so. That's terrible. Uh,
0: Why would they do that? The
1: same the same reason they have uh, they had Jeff Hardy involved in a bar fight after he got out of rehab.
0: So, and then we had Anthony Agogo defeating Austin Gunn.
1: I don't get it with with Anthony Agogo. You know they're trying to build him up ahead of ahead of this uh, um, match that he has with Cody Rhodes at Double or Nothing, but um, I, I gotta t- I gotta tell you, if they're running out of opponents for for Cody Rhodes and the best you can do is Anthony Gogo, you got a problem, especially especially at your biggest show of the motherfucking year. Yep, I mean. What the hell? And, so, I mean, oh. I mean, pardon me, for, pardon me for saying this because I I don't have a problem with Anthony Iago. I haven't I haven't seen enough of him to render it a pan, but let's be honest here. You know, you're you're a week or so away from AEW's biggest show of the year, and. He, one of one of your biggest names in Cody Rhodes is going against who? You know, I mean, what ha, what has Anthony Agogo done in WWE to or not? I'm sorry, um, in AEW to warrant a match against Cody Rhodes of all people? I mean, somebody's got to explain that one to me. So, um, and furthermore. I wasn't particularly impressed uh, with his match against Austin Gunn. So unless they're keeping some sort of, um, you know, massive talent under wraps with Anthony Ogogo, he's going to really have to step up his game to make me believe that he belongs in the ring with Cody Rhodes. But, you know, if, if, if this is what they wanted to do, at double or nothing, then why the hell haven't they been building up Anthony Ogogo for months and months? Because, you know, they, they didn't start building up the double or nothing card until we were three weeks out from the pay-per-view. And now I'm supposed to take Anthony Agogo seriously as a, con- as a contender against Cody Rose when I've barely seen him previous to this? I mean give me a break.
0: Okay, and uh, in the main event for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, the young Bucks feeling the varsity blondes who were accompanied by Julia Hart. Um Is it just me but why was
1: Julia Hart added to the um varsity blondes? What
0: was you know what, I, I was actually asking the same question, because last week was her first thing, like, was her debut, and already they put with the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, AEW does a fantastic job in, in certain areas, but um, you know, there, there's a lot of, of what AEW brings to the table that I thoroughly enjoy, so I'm really not trying to sound like sour grapes here. But, you know, in the, in the, my first problem is that this is, um, or this was, Varsity Blonde's first attempt uh, winning the tag team titles um, because they had spent all of this time uh, going uh, going up to the rankings to, to reach number one contender status and 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 right before their tag team title matches when you choose to introduce somebody new into the fold.
0: Yes what the know. hell let me ask you a question. When you saw that backstage promo with the Marseille Blondes, didn't it remind you of the Hollywood Blondes?
1: Yes, it did.
0: Okay, I'm not the only one who saw that. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, saw Brian Pillman in a Steve Austin.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I get it, and and especially after um, Brian Pillman was featured. Um, as part of his dad's uh, dark side of the ring, I I certainly am pulling for that kid because he's been through hell. Um, you know, and I, I really hope that that uh, wrestling can bring him some happiness and, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just I'm just saying it was very random to introduce somebody new, let alone a relative unknown such as Julie A Hart, right before their. Our first tag team title opportunity.
0: All right, so give the give show a grade. What do you got?
1: I'll give it a C minus.
0: C minus? Actually, hold on. Before we do that, let me, before I forget, let me go create the table here. So we're going to put it under, yeah, here we go. So for this one, okay, let's. Create the table so we have uh, Raw, SmackDown, AEW. Yeah. NXT UK. No, sorry. Raw, NXT, AEW, NXT UK, and SmackDown. There we go. All right. So let me just make. Okay, Raw, you said you gave it an F.
1: Absolutely.
0: Bye bye.
1: Because it sucked. So it's some sort of trick question.
0: the way, anyway, the Thunderdome does suck. I don't know if you're aware of how things work there.
1: Yeah, um, the uh, the higher ups control the crowd and tell them what to do and yeah. all
0: no, I, I'm I'm asking because I didn't I, I didn't know like that's how it worked there because uh one of the guides from. Um, the other podcast uh, went, uh, uh, bought a ticket for the Thunderdome, and he just couldn't take it. After 15 minutes, he just like logged out.
1: Well, I, I don't blame him. I mean, it was, it was a
0: ridiculous. Thing. Like people were cheering for AJ. South? No, uh, the crowd, the guy, the technical. Guys were telling the crowd to like boo AJ Styles. They were like cheering because he apparently he was the face in the in the match against Elias, but they kept telling them to boo him. First of all, don't tell
1: us who to boo and who to cheer. We
0: know, right? You fuck off. I just think that's ridiculous. Like, you're gonna tell me who I can boo and cheer for?
1: Yeah, that's that's absurd.
0: Okay, oh I'm sorry, I didn't think I don't think I got a grade for NXT.
1: NXT was an A. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Okay, You said C minus, alright. So when are we gonna end this? Um, we should like do do like a starting point and an end point. If we start this now, when when should we like the endpoint?
1: The, the end point will be at the end of the year.
0: All right, that, that that works. All right, so now we're gonna move on to NXT UK as usual. NXT UK only had three matches, which I really think they can do so much more. Should so much more matches in an hour. Yeah. So, did you watch NXT UK this week? No, I did not. Always keep saying we have we're gonna watch it, but like again, it's hard to watch a show that comes on at three p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's like it's not that we don't want to watch it; it's that it's what I said. It's hard to watch a show that comes on. You you, you don't think uh, to sit down at three p.m. to watch a yeah, show.
1: I mean, I don't, and that's not just wrestling related. That's anything. Like I'm not watching TV at three o'clock in the afternoon.
0: There's nothing on. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, so in the opening match, we had Rampage Brown defeating Wolfgang. They gave this one six minutes and 19 seconds. Then we had Amal and Amal defeating Messiah Brookside. Amal, this one is, uh, she's from France. Um, Okay, uh, this one I don't know much about. I've seen her like maybe once or twice, but she defeated... Zaya Brookside, daughter of Robbie Brookside. Now have you seen this one? Uh Zaya Brookside? Yep.
1: Once or twice.
0: And what do you think?
1: Um she she definitely has um has potential, I think. But I mean I mean, like I said, I would have to see more before I uh
0: She's only 22 years old. She, I'm just looking at her, uh, like, P, uh, pro wrestling database uh, page. Well,
1: well I, I would not have, I, I did not know that, so. Yeah.
0: There we go. And in the main event we had, okay, Ben, we already spoke about, talked about this, the NXT UK Heritage Cup. Oh god, I, I really I really don't get that. This was a British rounds match that went fifteen fifty-eight almost sixteen minutes. Tyler Bates is new heritage cup champion defeating the a defeating a kid. Who's who's the new heritage cup champion?
1: Tyler Bates. Oh Lord, they are really pushing that kid. They gotta get him back on uh on regular NXT if they really want to push that guy.
0: Well where's Trent Seven? Is he out?
1: I I honestly don't know.
0: Okay. Alright, so that was a NXT UK and um now we're gonna move over to SmackDown. Ben what do you have for us on SmackDown? Well this, this
1: was um this was a still largely um built around the main event, which I wasn't hating at all. Okay. Um, and, uh, but but having said that, the the beginning I'm going to start out very negative
0: on. Wait, 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 with the intro, the Parade of Champions?
1: Yes. Oh,
0: that was terrible.
1: <laughs> My, and, and keep in mind, it wasn't, Roman Reigns wasn't even in there. So,
0: so the whole... No, hold on, is, hold on. Was it just Paul Heyman out there?
1: No, no. Nothing involving Roman Reigns was in this parade of Champions. No, was, Paul, Paul um, Heyman
0: was out when they, when Song of Deville introduced uh, the champions or like announced the champions. I
1: don't think so.
0: Yeah, no, Paul Heyman came out. Hold on, let me double check that.
1: I... Oh, okay.
0: Um, yeah, apparently, apparently
1: he was. I, I did not see. Yeah, according to what I'm looking at, he was. Okay, well, I didn't there see that is. part. There's the man right
0: there. Okay. Which is why okay yep. to these live
1: events... Makes All sense. right but but before i was so really i interrupted. was you were really interested
0: we were not, doing we were doing on the fly research sir no,
1: i'm I'm kidding
0: can I know me? you are i know you are i'm I'm keeping up with you
1: but anyway so so they had this parade of champions and Roman reigns isn't even involved but the whole the whole um point yeah. of this was to um was to announce the return of, of live fans and going back on the road starting uh, july sixteenth. Um
0: you know who I thought was the worst in the worst in this uh, segment? Yeah. Apollo Cruise. Oh I agree. Absolutely.
1: So one one thing that I noted that that um that I uh, that I did not notice because I didn't even notice Paul Heyman. Um, but apparently, when Paul Heyman came out, he came out to Roman Reigns' old theme, not his new one. So that was oh, a- you know
0: what? I, I noticed that too. I know, I noticed that actually. At first, I didn't hear. I didn't uh, pick up. But then I was listening. And I'm like, that's the old theme.
1: Yeah. And then, and then um, Billy, uh,
0: comes in to, to run, hello to run down all the
1: champions with the exception of Apollo Cruz, to which she said, "What's up?" Um,
0: What's up? I love you know, Billy. You know,
1: she and she literally did like almost like a weird, you know, semi Nazi salute or something. You know. you got to be careful with the way you position your, your arm there. Um, Bailey. Um, but, um, but yeah, this whole thing was just, uh, -uh, I, I can't deal with this. So, so of course she finally gets to Bianca Belair and insults the hair saying that's the only reason that, uh,
0: that she still has the championship. She's not wrong.
1: Well, yeah, but that 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 being said, it it was Bailey that tried to use the the hair against uh, Bianca before Bianca used the hair. So as far as I'm concerned, turnabout is fair play. But the whole the whole point is,
0: the hair shouldn't have
1: been used in the finish. All right. Um. And, uh, you know, so, a- so after this is over, we once again get Tamina and Natalia against Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler in some iteration. The only difference here was that Bianca Belair joined Tamina and Natalia, and Bailey joined Nia and Shayna. I am really getting tired of this combination. How many times must we see we see this? It it is just, it is the same shit over and over again. And anything involving Tamina and Natalia and Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, I'm not interested in. And by the way, I have to publicly apologize to Shayna Baszler on the air because I hate saying that about Shayna Baszler and. In particular, because if she was being booked properly, there'd be nowhere. There would be no way in hell that she would be anywhere near this bullshit. What they have done to Shayna Baszler is criminal to the nth degree. I don't understand.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but uh, once I got over that, which took a minute. Um, we get um we get a promo from Big E who who's getting ready for his uh, Fatal Four Way uh match for the Intercontinental Title, the main event, of the show, um, and said so he's re- he's ready to win to win back his title and blah 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 and he's the real Intercontinental Champion. How many times have we heard that before? I love Big E, but come on, can we get a different promo ahead of a championship match? Um, next up, we get another Aleister Black lesson. This is lesson number four, and it's called the, be- the Beautiful Plan. Beautiful um, Plan. Yes. All right. um, and this was my personal favorite promo. And I'm betting you can guess why. Do you know why? Why? Because this one centered around his tattoos. And I'm such a tattoo guy. That I just absolutely love this. And plus, uh, Alistair Black's tattoos are some of the best in the business. And, um... And... His his style of artwork is right up my alley, so I absolutely love this, and um, and absolutely my favorite uh, my favorite um, promo from Alistair Black so far. Um, he he said that um, his father always said that this world is full of cruel thoughts. Um, the people will live proudly and they're with sins because it is all they are. That has become their identity. They are sick and dying animals and it is time to separate the, the weak from the strong and call and the herd. I, I absolutely loved the, the imagery and, and, just, and just how they shot this. It, it was really, uh, really something. And then uh, I believe it or not, this is the first and I believe only time I'm ever gonna say this. Well, actually, it's it's the second time, but uh, it's still, it's a rarity. I have something positive to say involving a King Corbin segment.
0: Okay, we
1: we get. The former Eric Boogenhagen, now known as Rick Boogs. Yep. He, I hate the name, but still, the fact that Boogs is now on SmackDown is fantastic. And he plays Nakamura outside of the ring for his match against King Corbin. He does the whole, um, you know, the hat the uh the whole theme song pretty much and it, it was hilarious because if that was actually boogs playing it I'd be going nuts
0: the boogs cruise do you remember that
1: yeah I do yeah and, and
0: so he, I, he was like I NXT, or was he just there for for whatever backstage whatever
1: I think it's just backstage stuff. But okay. any, anyway, you're ruining my buzz, bitch. Anyway. Uh, but, but so as, uh, as Boogs is playing Nagamora out, Pat McAfee is going nuts playing air guitar. And like... He's doing it on top of Michael Cole, and Michael Cole is like, "We have a match coming up next," and he's trying to get Pat McAfee off of him. I love Pat McAfee. It's just uh, he—he really—he really earned my respect when he um when he did so well against Adam Cole. But just in terms of commentary, I I really like his work. Um. So of course Nakamura gets the victory over uh, over Corbin in five minutes and 18 seconds, and after after all after all of the uh, pomp and circumstance, I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, out comes uh, uh, Jimmy Uso. He, actually, he's in the back. Um, he he wants to talk to Sonia DeVille, and he asks for a, a match with the Street Profits. Um, Sonia DeVille wants to know if, if Jay is on board, but Jimmy says yes because he knows he is, so apparently that match is on for next week. We'll have to see what Roman Reigns has to say about that because here he comes. Um... And uh, um, and uh, Reigns was not very happy with with um, Jay Uso for uh, for planning this uh, tag team match when it didn't involve him. Um, I missed a part. Uh, before all this, we get a Kevin Owens promo. Ahead of um, ahead of the main event, they did a really nice job of building up the main event uh, throughout the show. So I, I really appreciated it because it gave it a a level of importance that we usually don't get on uh, on just regular TV for main events. So I appreciated that. Um, and then and then we get the uh, The obligatory Roman Reigns promo, uh, Reigns says he considers himself humble. um, And he needs Paul Heyman to brag about him since he's a humble guy. Um, uh, And then then Heyman brings up how uh, he sent Daniel Bryan into Bella retirement. That was a funny line. Um. Uh, and he he pander[s] to Reigns, asking if there's anything he can do for him. And uh, and Reigns says he wants he wants his cousin out there. And Haman starts yelling for Jimmy Uso's music to play, uh, which instead of instead of Reigns getting what he wants, here comes Cesaro. Um, to follow up on on his match at Backlash, but he gets jumped by Seth Rollins. That was a good segment. I really enjoyed that. Um, then we have Robert Roode versus Dominic Mysterio. I could have done without that. Uh, that of all of this, that that was a low light. I, I didn't I didn't need that match. You, you, you could could you could have given uh, you could have given uh, Shinsuke and Corbin a little extra time, or or you could have built up that um, Roman Reigns and Cesaro pro- promo a little bit more. I did not need Robert Roode versus Dominic Mysterio, but uh, luckily luckily before I could get too pissed off. The ultimate highlight took place, which was the main event. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens versus Biggie versus Apollo Crews. I'll give you the short end of this. Um, this went roughly 21 minutes, and this was pay per view quality, in my opinion. I'm actually going to go back and take a look at this match for my own enjoyment rather than just watching it with a critical eye for this podcast. And I can't tell you um, how rarely I go back and watch something on WWE Weekly TV for my own enjoyment because those those moments are few and far between. But we're gonna get one this week, which is something that I thoroughly appreciated. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I can't even I can't even really do a good job describing this match because. The pace of it was so um, frenetic, and um, and just uh, really action from bell to bell. Um, I didn't really I didn't really expect there to be a a, a new champion crowned, um, so I was okay with the, with the ending. Um, I'm not sh- I'm not sure why they chose to bring uh, Aleister Black out. Uh, now, Um, but it does – I have conflicting feelings about how they booked Aleister Black here because, number one, I like I said, I didn't expect it at all, Um, but it does put him directly into the Intercontinental uh, Championship picture, which I can't hate on. Um, but I would have I liked to have seen a little bit more development with the storyline and the, and the promos uh, before we uh, throw him in there. And if I was going to debut, or I should say re-debut Alistair Black with this new gimmick of sorts, I would have done it at a... Uh, I would have done it at a pay-per-view. Um, and I think... I think Hell in a Cell would have been perfect to um, to debut him, especially uh, given the darkness of his gimmick. I'm not sure why they're doing Hell in a Cell in June now. It's kind of a weird kind of time of year to do that. Um, but because of my overall fondness for Alistair Black, I'm willing to give this a pass until we, we can see where it goes. It's just the timing of it was a little bit odd. But um it, it did add to the match and it gave um it gave Apollo Cruz a plausible heel way to get out of this with his title intact, which in and of itself I didn't hate. So overall this was absolutely uh the highlight of the show and like I said um, the only real low light I had because this show really had a uh in in aura of importance and everything about it other than uh Dominic Mysterio versus Robert Root. So um overall I would have to give the I would have to give this show a B um and say that I really enjoyed it this week.
0: All right. So um that's her SmackDown review. We're going to be right back shortly. All right, fans, we're back. Um, we got a couple of fans in the background. They're just, like, having fun and uh, going over. Then they're all excited about the return to live crowds. So yes, if you uh, hear noise in the background, it's just some fans.
1: Absolutely. As a matter of fact, Elio had to go do an impromptu meet and greet right in the middle of podcast. Hence our intermission.
0: Yes, but now we're gonna get into dark side of the ring. Ben, and, take it And break.
1: before I do that, if if Elliot's voice sounds a little different, it's also because he has a mid-podcast snack. The motherfucker, and he he <laughs> does he doesn't want to stare. So I so, I'm not having any snacks. I'm fully in business mode, and he's over here having a twister like a lucky motherfucker. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, anyway, so while he chomps down on, on his snack, I will take uh, dark side of the ring. And um, yes, I really
0: want. I, I was I was really looking forward to this episode.
1: Yes, Elio hasn't seen it yet, thanks to uh, the fact that he doesn't get vice. The and in this regard, I actually do feel bad for him because this was a uh, this was a very interesting episode. Dare I say, one of the more interesting thus far in season three.
0: I will say this. Um, we, okay on my app for my cable, my cable app, right. We had an on-demand section, and there's a channel called TSN Sports Network.
1: Right. They have
0: Dark Side of the Ring on there. But um, when I went to look, they, they They had like all the old episodes from Season 1 and 2.
1: Oh, they didn't have Season 3 yet? No. Oh, those, those lazy fucks. We'll have, we'll have no fear, Elio, because here comes my review of Collision in
0: Korea. All right,
1: let's hear it. Actually, I think are, that's
0: available on YouTube,
1: the show. Right. Wow. Um, and and the very first question that I that I have, because I, I hadn't heard of this ev- event before watching Dark Side. So my very first question as a fan is, why the fuck would WCW even want to go into Korea? Because it is now, and it always has been, a communist country who very clearly does not like Americans. So, what were you,
0: I, what were you doing in 1995? It Was being seven. Okay. See, I, around that time, I was still in um, I was still in college. I'd finished up computer courses, so I had always heard about this. I never knew about it, like when it happened.
1: Yeah, well, just just you know, outside of the whole uh, wrestling thing, just politically, uh, I I found this very interesting because, um, um, you know, I, the entire time I'm watching this, I'm like, why, why would WCW even consider going over to uh, North Korea at this at this point in uh, time? But anyway, um, so um, they're they're interviewing um, Eric Bischoff about that very question uh, to to start the show, um, and uh, and immediately he is um, they are comparing this to uh, Re- WrestleMania because. This is believed to be the only event to have ever um, beaten a
0: WrestleMania in terms of uh, sheer attendance numbers. You're talking about WrestleMania 11, right?
1: Um, that was
0: 95, WrestleMania 11.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. And... and um, and so, but what? But what you do? What you don't f- figure out until a little bit later in the documentary is the only reason it was so heavily attended is because people were forced to attend this show.
0: Oh wait, by, what? They were forced. Yes.
1: Oh um, wow! People, okay. uh, people of the country were forced to attend this show by the North Korean <laughs> government. Oh. That's um, bad. Wow. And and on top of that, um, as the as the actual event is taking place, uh, it's very easy to tell both from the footage and from what the the uh, wrestlers are saying in their interviews that. Um, the the audience had absolutely no idea
0: what they were what they
1: were looking at.
0: Hold on, hold on. I, I, I have to ask. Do I dare ask what happens and what happened if uh, they they refused to attend the event?
1: Well, they well they didn't uh, they,
0: they didn't get they
1: didn't get too deep into that. Um, okay, all right. But uh, but it was it, it was apparently made very clear that attendance was mandatory. Wow. Okay. All right. So, uh, so yeah, I, I found that very interesting. And then, um, and then going back to the to the beginning of of the the piece. Um. Let me, here, let me just go. Uh, down there. Um. One of the one of one of the things that I was immediately uh, interested in was they actually managed to uh, to uh, interview An- uh, Antonio Inoki, which yeah. is, is, is almost impossible to get him to do uh, interviews. Uh, according to what I've heard, um, he he wasn't even he he was oh, he wasn't even there live for Trishin uh retirement ceremony from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Ooh, okay. I'm not sure, but apparently, from what I'm reading here, um, he uh,
0: he Antonio Inoki has an illness. Um, you know. What, you know what? While you're doing that, I'm gonna pull up the card so we can actually go over the the card itself. Yeah, that, that'd be a good idea because
1: they they really didn't go over the card in this show. It, it was more of the
0: uh, not only, that either not that either of us have seen it, but it would be interesting to see like what matches actually took place.
1: Well, the only the only match I know of was the main event, and that was Ric Flair versus Antonio Inoki, um, which uh, which apparently was the only match that garnered any kind of reaction from the crowd. Um, so. So, so um, the documentary featured interviews from Eric Bischoff, Scott Norton, Too Cold Scorpio, Sonny Ono, and CNN correspondent, well, former CNN correspondent Mike Chinoy. Um, And I'm I'm assuming that uh, that the uh, the producers tried to get flair. Cause he was there too. Um, uh, but, um, but apparently they were unable to, uh, to get uh flair for this one, probably because of, uh, WWE being hesitant (laughs) to participate. Um, one of the things that I found very odd was, um, a large, a large focus of the entire uh, of the entire documentary was that there was a there was a fight going on between two cold Scorpio and Road Warrior
0: Hawk. Like a real what? Like a real fight? Yeah.
1: Wow. They because they, they had gotten into a fight um, on a bus. Um. It, I believe it was either a bus or a plane um, while they were uh, while they were over there. And the, and uh, was saying, well, he kicked he kicked Hawk's ass. But come to find out, the only reason why Hawk, Hawk was incapacitated during this whole confrontation was because he was on some very. Um, very powerful medication related to getting his hepatitis C treated and um, and even uh, Scott Norton had said that if um, if Hawk had been 100% percent he would have uh, he would have killed um, two cold Scorpio at the time wow. and uh, so Scorpio was spending this entire trip um, trying to to um, finish the fight between uh, himself and uh, and Hawk because the original fight had gotten broken up by the guards and stuff like that. Um, so th- their, their big confrontation never came to pass because they patched things up in the elevator um, during, during the trip.
0: So what was it all about?
1: well well, apparently um according to according to what um to what two cold scorpio said um uh hawk initiated it by calling him the n-word on the bus oh wow so uh yeah so apparently Not, not cool yeah apparently uh Sucol wasn't too happy about that. I can't
0: really really blame him there.
1: Well, no. Not at all. But apparently, he had gone as far as to sharpen an old metal pair of chopsticks that he had gotten from one of the dinners that they were forced to attend into, like, a shiv that he he was going to use to stab uh, Road Warrior Hawk.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: So, um... Damn. so so outside of, outside of that the other the other uh, major focus of of the documentary was just how poorly the uh, the wrestlers were treated because they weren't really given an option whether they wanted to go um to th- this North Korean thing um they um, they were just kind, of, kind of, uh, kind of like, yep, we're going, we're going to Korea because, um, because Antonio, Antonio Inoki had reached out to, uh, to Eric Bischoff because he wanted, um, he wanted Hogan and a couple of other um, stars to, uh, to go with him on this trip because it was kind of like a world peace mission kind of thing. And Muhammad Ali was scheduled to be on the trip as well. And Muhammad Ali actually ended up going.
0: Doesn't Uh sound like a peaceful trip to me.
1: No, no. Um, And and, uh, Hulk actually managed to get out of it. Hulk did not go. But once the wrestlers actually arrived in Korea, um, they had their... uh, they had their passports forcibly taken away from them, right? Um, because it's North Korea. North Korea is a bunch of, you know, North Korea is a communist country, man. They don't like Americans at all, and so these wrestlers were not were not treated uh, very well at all. And that was the entire focus of the um, of the documentary, outside of the fight that I just mentioned. Um. Uh, and we even get into Antonio Enoki's uh, uh, mentor, uh, and and this kind of feeds into the fact that the North Koreans and Japanese didn't like each other, um, saying that uh, that Enoki's um, uh, mentor, uh, Ricky Dozon. Had been, had been murdered in a, inside of a nightclub in 1963 because of his uh, Korean heritage. He was murdered by the y- Yakuza because he hit it. Yeah, the Yakuza. Yeah, the Yakuza, yep. which is the Japanese ma- mafia um, for hiding his North Korean heritage. Um, and actually, I um, the, the the most interesting part of this for me in terms of in terms of really demonstrating how much um, the North Koreans didn't want the wrestlers in their country um, was how um, Scott Norton had, had been detained by uh, the North, North Korean authorities because um, they had bugged his phone, and he had managed. He had managed to, from the hotel, to get in touch with his wife over the phone, and his wife was giving him a bunch of a bunch of shit about not being in contact with her previously over the trip because she didn't understand what they were going through um, during this North Korea trip, and he was trying to explain it to her, but in the end. But in, in the context of the conversation, he was being critical of North Korea. Um, and uh, because of that, the authorities pretty much knocked down his door and dragged him into interrogation.
0: Oh, damn.
1: And like, you know, who are you talking to? And all this other stuff. And, and then apparently... Um, Apparently, uh, somehow, um, the higher ups managed to get him out of uh, to get him out of the room because he thought he was going to be murdered at the time because they were, um, the authorities were pointing guns at him and all of this other stuff. Wow. Um. But but so while this entire uh, documentary was going on. Uh-huh. I was like, well, why the fuck were they there in the first place? What would have driven them to go there in the first place? Well, the, well, the answer was because they had an opportunity to be on a show that was bigger than WrestleMania.
0: <laughs> what?
1: And, and, and um, Eric Bischoff had said, well, I would never been to North Korea. I think it would be cool to go. Well, apparently oh, there, was a, there was another story in this um, in this documentary where um, Eric Bischoff had gotten out of his room, past security, to to go for a run in the morning. Um, you know, so, so he's running he's running through the through the streets of North Korea. And as people are waking up and moving about the streets, the children are running from him because they're scared of him because he's an American.
0: Are you serious? Wow.
1: Yeah, so, so this, this, entire, um, this entire documentary was, was pretty much a uh, public service announcement. Yeah, if you're American, don't go to North Korea.
0: I guess. she I I can't believe like all that happened. I mean, I'd always heard about this. I just never knew exactly what it was all about because I, like I said, I was still in school at that time. Yeah, but you know
1: what? It kind of reminded me of. It kind of reminded me of like WWE going into Saudi Arabia, despite the fact that Jamal Khashoggi had been murdered and chopped up in the little pieces. I'm saying. Well, we're still gonna go because we can get paid.
0: Oh well, man, no, no, no! I really want to watch this. Well, so. well,
1: except none of the wrestlers got paid because it was North Korea,
0: and mm-hmm. and
1: on top of that, they were forced to go to um, to all of these ceremonial sites and pay tribute to the to the North Korean leaders, even oh, wow. though. Even though that they had no idea who they were, so they were pretty much used as puppets to orchestrate this national peace mission, which turned out not to be so peaceful.
0: Now, no, I really want to go back and watch that episode later on tonight. I did not know all that had happened. Wow. Yeah,
1: it was. It was. It wasn't really um, like it, it. It. It was. It wasn't like any other documentary I'd ever seen. It was very, it was, it was very much a different take. And um,
0: as and as you were talking, I'm not looking at you because I'm actually do, uh looking up on uh, the show itself on uh, YouTube, and I found it in two parts, I believe it is. I believe it's in two parts.
1: Well. Uh, it, well, it might be on, on YouTube, but it it was a it oh, yeah, was a
0: yeah, one, yeah. No, said, I just a, said it's on YouTube.
1: Yeah, it was a, it, it was a one show special on on Vice. So I don't think. Oh no, I'm I talking
0: about the show itself, the the event. Yeah. The closing oh, in oh. Korea itself. the, the event itself. Oh yeah, that was
1: that was a two night
0: thing. Yes. Yeah. So I found a part one. I so uh, I found part one and part two on YouTube. Well, as you were speaking, I was uh, looking that up on YouTube.
1: Absolutely.
0: So um, actually, uh, I have the card in front of me. Maybe we should we should go over this and take a look at what matches they did have on here.
1: Absolutely. What do you what do you got?
0: All right. So this took place uh, between over the course of two nights, April 28th and 29th of 1995, and it aired on August the 4th. So day one attendance was 165,000, and day two was 190,000 for a combined total of 355,000 in attendance.
1: Good Lord.
0: So so night one began with Eugene Nagata defeating Tokimitsu Ishizawa. By submission uh, in 4:28. Then we had a uh, women's match: Akira and Akira Hokuto and Bo Nikano defeating Manami Toyoda and Mariko Yoshida in 8:34. Right. Match three had Hiroshi Hase defeating Wild Pegasus by pinfall in 10 minutes 10 seconds. Then we had U... Um, Ukami Gunden the team of Hiro Saito, Masahiro Chono defeating El Samurai and Tadao Yasuda in eight, 8 minutes 6 seconds Flying Scorpio defeats Shinjiro Otani by referee's decision in 2 minutes 37 seconds Kinsuke Sasaki defeats Masahiro by pinfall in 8 minutes 34 seconds and the main event of night 1 had Shinya Hashimoto Retaining the IWGP Heavyweight Championship by defeating Scott Norton in a time limit draw that went 20 minutes.
1: Okay, cool. So- sounded like a decent card despite the no reaction from the fans.
0: And night two began with Hiro Saito defeating Yuji Nagata in 529 in a-, a singles match for the. CMLL World Women's Championship. Akira Hokuto retains the title defeating Bonacano by pinfall 8 minutes, 4 seconds. I'm surprised the women were allowed to compete. <laughs> right. So in, uh, and then singles action, let alone tag team. So we had uh, Black Cat defeating El Samurai in 4.58. Wild Pegasus defeats Flying Scorpio in 6 minutes, 2 seconds. Tag team action. We had Masahiro Chono and Scott Norton defeating Akira Nagami and Takeyuki Yizu, Yuzuka by pinfall in 8.40. Hawk Warrior, Road Warrior Hawk defeating Tadao Yasuda by pinfall 2 minutes, 21 seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I hope it was worth it to go over there for two minutes on the match. Goddamn.
0: Steiner Brothers defeat Hiroshi Hase and Kinsuka Sasaki in 1151. And in the main event, Antonio Noki defeats Ric Flair by pinfall in 14 minutes and 52 seconds.
1: Yeah, like I said, I think that was the only match that they said generated any kind of reaction.
0: I really want to watch this event now because I downloaded it a while back off of YouTube, but I deleted because I'm like, I don't know if I can really sit sit here and watch it, but now that we've reviewed Dark Side of the Ring, I really want to see this this event. I really want to sit down and watch it.
1: Yeah, well I would I would suggest actually seeing the documentary first and then
0: Yeah, no, I'm gonna see the documentary first. I still have to download the um I still have to download the event itself, so I'm gonna watch the documentary first. Yeah. All right, so now we're gonna move on to the movie section of the show. And, and, and ladies
1: and gentlemen, I can see
0: the big smile
1: slowly crossing the face of uh, Elio because he's been waiting for this for two weeks now. So <laughs> Elio, by all means, have fun, my friend.
0: All right, so. Okay, the first movie uh, I already uh, covered on another podcast, which I refused to watch. I let it run in the background. I didn't exactly watch it because I thought it was stupid. It's called Blood Freak with a guy going around wearing a turkey head killing people. So,
1: Oh, yeah, you told me about that one. Yeah, let's avoid that one.
0: Then we had Stanley. Now, let's take a look at Stanley once again because I, I even forgotten about this. All on-the-fly research, only here on the PNC Percussion Wrestling Podcast. So let's look up Stanley as we have some Rowdy fans in the background.
1: Yeah, so they uh, they are quite enjoying
0: themselves. I'm telling you. All right, so Stanley is a 1972 horror movie about a young seminal Indian who uses his rattlesnake to take revenge on all those he believes have wronged him. So this, this, I don't even know if I want to watch this movie. It just, it just looks really weird. Uh, so,
1: it certainly sounds like it.
0: Might be one of those that I run in the background uh, while I'm doing other stuff, whatever. Our next one we have is the Invasion of the Bee Girls. Now, Ben, you're probably wondering what the heck that is because you were laughing when I said this at the beginning of the show.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: So I will tell you that right now, sir. Invasion of the B-Girls. So this is a movie from 1973. It's a horror sci-fi about a powerful cosmic force which turns Earth women into queen bees who kill men by wearing them out sexually. (laughs) I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy
1: crap! <laughs> no. Who this well, well, I guarantee, I guarantee to you that I, I, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I guarantee to you that was rated into a
0: now at some point. Now, let me read this synopsis again, okay? <clears throat> a powerful cosmic force. Is turning Earth women into queen bees who kill men by wearing them out sexually. <laughs> what? Oh
1: my God!
0: <laughs> Here's the tagline: They'll love the very life out of your body. Oh my! <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> Ben, what are your thoughts? Yes or no? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, what would you give us out of 10?
1: A 2? I
0: don't know. Well, unfortunately, the IMDB was more generous. They give it a 4 out of 10. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. I, okay. <clears throat> All right, now this next one is Black Christmas. This is a horror movie from 1974. And I know this movie very well because I actually did I did watch this on, I had it on my USB. This is a horror mystery thriller. During Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. Now the thing about this movie is the sorority house they use in the movie yeah, I've been in that house because that's my brother's Fred house when he was going to school and he took me on a tour of the house. What and what movie is this again? This is called Black Christmas from okay, 1974.
1: Uh, I'm sorry. My brain was still trying to, to <laughs> wrap itself around the plot line of the big house. Okay, I'm I'm fully focused on Black Christmas now. Okay, Go yeah,
0: ahead. actually, and this was remade in
1: 2006. In 2019, apparently. Sorry. It was also um, uh, remade in 2019 as well. Uh, according to what I'm looking at.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, stop remaking movies for crying out But yeah, so the one I'm speaking of is 1974, and yeah, I've been inside the. I actually was inside the house that they use in this movie, because so that's the Fred house that my brother was staying at when he was going to school. Ooh. now we come to the movie, the ultimate stupidest movie I have ever seen. I can't believe people put this up there as one of the greatest movies of all time because this is the most overrated, I'm, I'm, poorly acted, bad story piece of cinematic crap I have ever seen. Fuck you, Exorcist.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, my my co-host is having a moment.
0: Oh, um, well, every time I hear, every time this is... the, 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 the but just like Braun Strowman, or Strowman is your arch nemesis, this movie is my arch nemesis. Well,
1: well, you know, it's just I hate Braun Strowman, so I feel you. Or
0: well, I hate The Exorcist, damn it. <laughs> but, okay, so
1: so let's, let's do a deeper dive of this. because right.
0: I've never actually seen it, so oh, I God, I'm I feel cause... so. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. You know what? Good, good, good. Now I'm jealous of you because you've never seen it. I, I had the unfortunate uh, experience of having to watch that crap. Go yeah.
1: ahead. So, 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 tell, tell me specifically why you don't like The Exorcist.
0: It's got nothing to do with a religious thing or a Catholic thing or whatever. I just think it's really stupid and I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that every time I put up Facebook that people just like celebrate this movie and put it up on a pedestal. Like it's the greatest horror movie of all time. Like it's the scariest movie. It's bullshit. I've seen it twice. The first time I will say it was scary. Second time I'm like, no, I'm done. I I just, there's no story. You want to know what the story is? Little 12 year old Reagan played by Linda Blair is possessed by the devil. Or the spirit of Pazuzu, whatever the hell's name is. That's the story right there. Uh, Buz- Pazuzu. Pazuzu. Uh, oh, what? Pazuzu? What the fuck is that? Uh, that's the name of the, 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 the demon that possesses her. Uh, okay. P-A-Z-U-Z-U. Pazuzu.
1: Oh, Lord. No,
0: bullshit. That's the movie. That's the entire movie right there. Okay, it is poorly acted. The storyline is bad. The movie is moved so slow that I literally fell asleep throughout, through, through during this movie. Like it is, and I'm just like every time, I went on IMDb, okay? Yeah. I looked up the reviews. I looked up the reviews. I'm like, I know I can't be the only one that thinks this movie is an absolute overrated piece of cinematic garbage. I looked it up. There are a whole bunch of reviews that give it one star and call it overrated garbage. Like it is one of the scariest films of all... Oh, sorry. Let me go look at the one stars. Okay. The most overrated film of all time. One star, one star. Don't believe the hype. One star, not scary, at least for me. One of the stupidest movies ever made. You know, so I'm like, I thank you. I'm so happy to hear see I'm not the only one who thinks this movie sucks.
1: Well, well as, you, as you were going over that stuff, I'm... I'm reading the synopsis because, as I said, I've never seen this.
0: Do me a favor. Google images of this movie. You'll see why this movie is absolutely stupid.
1: Okay, hold on. (coughs) Uh, Images, let's see.
0: By the way, it was uh, followed by two sequels. Part 2 was garbage, 1977. Part 3 was even worse than 90, which was uh, just... Then they even made part four, the beginning. What beginning? And they see the. Oh, uh,
1: yeah, th- yeah, this does look stupid as fuck. Okay.
0: No. Did the first one? They say the first one is based on a true story about a boy in the 90, in the forties who's possessed. I have trouble believing that when you follow that up with a sequel, with two stupid sequels that are just as stupid as the original.
1: Yeah, well, I don't blame you, because this thing doesn't look like my cup of tea to begin with.
0: So, one final time, fuck you, exorcist. (laughs) Yes, did you you get all your anger out? Yes, I did. Thank you very much. I feel so much better. My body is clean. I have exorcised the demons. Holy <laughs>
1: Well played, sir. Well played indeed.
0: <laughs> Alright, so before we uh, close out the show, Ben, I have a list for you. Oh, God. Am I going to get upset? You might. You might. These are the worst factions in wrestling the, there's 45 teams here these are the worst factions in wrestling yeah okay so which should, should we just pick numbers at random or yeah no, let's give, me, numbers. give me the top 10 or just do it or just do a top 10 yeah real quick yeah okay real quick we'll do a top 10. All right, hold on. Okay, in number ten we have X Factor, Albert X pac and uh, oh, Justin Incredible. Uh, Justin Incredible, that's it. In ninth place we have the Mean Street Posse. Okay, well, well, I can see
1: that. That's doable.
0: In eighth place, Pretty Mean Sisters, Marlena and uh, Jacqueline. I didn't even realize they had a name. Yeah, PMS. <laughs> I remember the I remember the PMS part. That's I don't that I that, know that that's what it stood for. Pretty Mean Sisters.
1: Yeah, well, they were horrible. So very good.
0: In number seven, we have the faces of fear. Well,
1: well the only reason there that. They would be on that list because WCW is terrible booking. That's that's. Other than that, there's no reason why they should be on that list.
0: I'm not really gonna say anything because uh, Kevin Sullivan's a good friend of the show, and uh, we've had him on before, and we're gonna have him on again. So, <laughs> at number six, we have the core.
1: Well, the core was terrible. So
0: the only thing I love about the core is their theme song, "The End of Days." I kind not of like that one. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I uh, I I agree, but still, the faction was no. Terrible. The faction
0: itself was bad. Yeah. Number number five, we have the authority.
1: I would actually put the authority up higher because eventually, that that was just so overplayed and nauseating.
0: Okay. Number four, we have the alliance. Well, that, nah, that wouldn't go
1: that far. I disagree with that.
0: Number three is Dungeon of Doom. I'm surprised
1: Dungeon, Dungeon of Doom isn't in the top two.
0: Number two is Misfits in Action.
1: Who are they? I, I don't recall. Uh,
0: that, that was, uh, that was uh, Hugh Morris, Booker T, um, and uh, Lash LaRue. And remember, and Chavo Guerrero. Oh
1: God! Yeah, yeah, I, I, bet, i bet Remember one, when, they, when they had uh,
0: whatever major guns with them, Tylen Buck.
1: Oh, yeah, the pornos
0: are yeah yeah, okay, yeah yeah. And the number one worst faction, the New Blood.
1: Well, yeah, for me, CW, yeah, that was terrible. I I don't know if I would put them as number one, like as the worst of all time, but they were absolutely terrible.
0: Some more, actually, some others on this list, okay? Yeah. We have the West Texas Rednecks. Who were they? Uh, that was uh, Bobby Duncan Jr., uh, Kurt Hennig, and I forget who else that was in there. But remember they had that rapist crap thing in WCW? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So we have the Mexicals, Kai and Tai Team Bella.
1: Well, the Mexicals were just a racist gimmick. That shouldn't that shouldn't have ever been a thing.
0: This group should have been higher. Aces and eights. They are listed at number 34. I I agree. Then we have Planet Chariot. I didn't even know that was a faction.
1: No, I didn't either.
0: A million Dollar Corporation is at 28. What? Million that's, Dollar Corporation.
1: That's blasphemous. Shut the fuck up, Liz King.
0: What the fuck? <laughs> right to Censor is at number 30.
1: Well, Right to Censor was just fucking annoying. So.
0: And Nexus is at 27.
1: As the worst?
0: Yeah. Oh, fuck off And <laughs> number twenty-six. Right at number 26 is the Union At number 35 is the Mega Maniacs uh, Savage and Warrior How can you call them the worst? The, you see, the list No, sorry, list. sorry Mega Maniacs, I think, was uh, Beefcake and Hogan Sorry the, I was the, thinking of the Ultimate Maniacs Mega Maniacs is Hogan and Beefcake
1: The, the list
0: is Losing me Oh my god, the Jersey triad, we have creative control, we have the corporate ministry at 29. What the fuck are these people on? The
1: oddities you, at 38 and the, the corporate wait a minute, wait, 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 I'm I'm gonna shit myself. Why oh, here? No. oh what? you put the corporate ministry above the 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 oddities as being worse than the oddities are you fucking high off
0: acid oddities are number 38 you you've got to be shooting me the latino world order is 37 New york foundation is 36 so we have creative control at 31 spirit squad's 39 truth commission is number 40 the social outcasts are all the way to the bottom at number 45.
1: Oh, God. The social outcasts. Oh, fuck.
0: Number me. 25 is NWO Hollywood. Oh,
1: fuck off. <laughs> okay, we're done with that list.
0: You're going to put NWO Hollywood is, That uh, is it. The rest of it is just garbage teams. like Natural Born so It's always Java Squadron set you're
1: gonna put NWO Hollywood on the list it's the same on the same list as the fucking job squad. Fuck you, List King. <laughs> what okay, you, you you are really stretching for content there. Fuck you. Bye bye.
0: <laughs> All right now this is a list that you were actually interested in, when I told you I'd found this earlier. The ten highest paid AEW wrestlers. Okay. okay.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I have to prepare myself. Pardon me while I take a sip.
0: All right, the number 10, we have Pac. We have Pac with 2 million.
1: I have no problem with that. I I will. I really love Pac.
0: Number nine is the Young Bucks, also a 2 million. Uh, Eight is the Lucha Brothers. I don't have a problem with that. Seven is Nyla Rose.
1: Oh, I have every problem with that. She gets paid more than the Lucha Bros.
0: Well, no, hold on. Let me start over again. Numbers 10 to 5 are all in the 2 million range. So 10 is Pac, 9 is the Bucks, 8 is Lucha Brothers, 7 is Nyla Rose, 6 (sighs) is Dustin, and 5 is is Brandy Rhodes. Wait a, wait a,
1: wait a fucking
0: minute. Wait a fuck. You
1: mean to tell me that Peck is in the same payment bracket as Nyla Rose? What the fuck is going
0: on? All right, you, you're gonna, you're gonna, but you're gonna freak when you hear the top four, Okay. Okay. In the three million brackets, first of all, the top three are in the are the three million bracket. Okay, Cody um, Rhodes is, is at number four. Okay. Okay. Number three is Kenny Omega.
1: Fuck off, Kenny! I don't give a fuck.
0: Number two is Chris Jericho.
1: Well, that that doesn't surprise me.
0: And the number one at six million dollars is Dean Ambrose, John Moxley.
1: And that doesn't surprise me either.
0: So those are the ten highest paid AEW wrestlers.
1: I I can't I can't believe PAC is in the same payment bracket as fucking Neville Rose. <laughs> Two and billion, now, really? For what? Don't answer that because I already know the answer, but I'm, you know. <laughs> okay. But now, Brandy Rhodes, I can understand because of her last name. I I'm, I get
0: that, but fuck. But Dustin makes like a mil- $1 million less than his brother. Oh, Jesus. Alright, so uh, before we go, I'm gonna... Let's take a look at what movies we have slated for next week. Yeah, the top, the number five, the five movies next week. We have Halloween, the original. We also take a look at the remake. I guess, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I'm very familiar with both of those.
0: So we have Halloween. You'll be proud of me. There's Halloween. There's Fame. Airplane, Empire Strikes Back, and Flash Gordon.
1: All right, well, I, I can take care of um, of Halloween and um, Empire Strikes Back for sure.
0: I love Empire Strikes Back. I was supposed to go watch Return to the Jedi the movies. You know when you have that one relative that promises you, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go watch Return to Jedi," and they never take you. Yeah. So, yeah, I never got to see it until years later. What
1: the fuck is wrong with your family?
0: Yeah, I know, right? This is my mom's side of the family. Well, you know.
1: They're 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 all all stupid. I'm not going to say anything bad because your mom scares me, but. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, do, we'll just end this with a cheerful term and say hi Mrs. Canelo please don't yell at me in foreign language
0: <laughs> okay so then we should bring the show to a close absolutely alright uh, see fans are already getting tired it's getting late alright for Ben Pierce, I'm Elio Canelo. This is PC Prication Podcast. We will talk to you on next week. Ben, say goodnight to the fans.
1: Actually, well actually, Elio, get no. your schedule straight. What? We're gonna we're gonna be back very, very soon for the um um uh, what the fuck. Um actually double, yeah.
0: double nothing.
1: A, exactly. So next um, week, Friday. Well yes, but I would just I was just gonna say earlier than usual because usually we do Saturday. Yes, yeah, so it's, but...
0: we're gonna be on next Friday instead of next Saturday.
1: Very good. All and right. with, with and with that, I just had to keep my co-host in line. I was, I was concerned that, that his, uh-huh. uh, I was concerned that he was losing track of time. Uh
0: huh.
1: And with that being said, we will bid you adieu, and All we right. will talk to you next week. It's, open. it's the preacher and the prophet and you blind them both so-